0: Podboys Productions This is a life
1: Every possibility Then welcome back to Movies Are Relevant on the Brooklyn Rebound Network. It's your monthly, eh, or sometimes every other monthly, film podcast with your boy Pod Drew over here. And you know, we got E Dash Nom over there. Eric, in, actually, not as over there as, as he once was. You're uh, residing currently back in the old hometown area. Down south, right? Not over all the way on the, the other coast, the east coast.
0: Uh yeah, yeah, I moved I moved home for a bit, that's correct. What's up everybody? Uh yeah, my duty was to my hawk people, so I had to, to had to come back here and uh take care of some business.
1: That's right. And you you can't be everywhere all at once all the time or anything like that, so you're only down there right now. It's not Right, it's, I mean as far as I know. That's true. Maybe you just haven't been enlightened to it yet. It's your Never Leaves uh, New York um, version. Uh, Eric, I guess. E-Dash. Anyway. Right, I just need my uh, husband to tell me. That's right. By the How way, do I don't know. I hope this won't come as a surprise to you. I think he might have some papers for you to sign. I hope Maybe not. I heard he might not be too happy, though. No, he knew what this was. okay. Anyway, uh, we're kind of tipping it early here, but uh, as if the the title of the episode probably would anyway, but we're going to do a little check-in here on uh, one of the more popular, I would say, films of the year so far, Uh, critics-wise at least. I think just generally popular overall, maybe a little bit of a sleeper hit, Um, Everything Everywhere All at Once, Uh, it's, yeah, it's not the most topical at this point, uh, in June, but, you know, we still want to talk about it. It's kind of, it feels kind of like a summer movie, even though it was released in the spring, I would say. Yeah, I mean, like, topical, you, you want it to be topical, we're halfway through the year, and so far, this is the movie of the year, so. right, And are you, when you're saying movie of the year, is that your. Are you going on your your opinion of it already? Or, or just, like, what I was saying about, like, it's one of the more popular films? Well, I mean, I, I I
0: don't think it's spoiling anything to say that I really like this movie <laughs> okay. before we start reviewing it. Um, but, yeah, um, I think also, like, nothing else. Like, we had to, as previously discussed, argue about whether Northman even had a right to be made. Um, Men wasn't really popping like that. Crimes of the Future wasn't really popping like that. Mm-hmm. And... Um, as uh, as my good friend Martin Scorsese has previously mentioned, uh, Marvel films aren't cinema, so they don't count. Right. Uh, yeah. So movie of the year. So
1: that's I I do want to talk about. You know that does lead me into how I wanted to kind of uh, go about this episode or or frame the episode here. Um, but yeah, Crimes of the Future and Monroe, because you brought them up, we were kicking around the idea of doing those for for the pod. Maybe we still will do one or the other but uh, i haven't seen either yet have you i really want to see them both but i, I can't see them here right so oh so n- never leaves new york eric is uh he's running free going to see all every film that's available over there but your your yeah. version is not <laughs> yes. so lucky well anyway what you said about scorsese are marvel films i think this episode because uh, i'll say what the pair is here which is going to be you know, we're keeping we're keeping it what's a good catchy thing for this, I guess. It's a it's a sido summer, how about that? We're keeping it Von Sido. Von Sido summer. Von Sido, yeah, i kinda of pronounced it wrong. It's a Sido summer. We do, we've already the pairing movie for our last two episodes has been a uh um film he's featured either starred or co starred and I guess co starred technically in both. And uh, we decided to go for the trifecta. So, the summer of CETO, uh, 2022. It's Flash, Gordon. Flash. Ah! This episode, we're going to cover these films. Probably mostly uh, <laughs> everything. Everywhere all at once and more so. But uh, we'll cover both here. And I think that it's like an alternative to like your Marvel glut, your Marvel overload that we're constantly assaulted with these days. Because... <clears throat> On one hand, Everything Everywhere All at Once, I think, is it's dealing with a lot of, I mean, it's a multiverse film. It was literally released maybe a week to two, three weeks before um, the Doctor Strange multiverse movie. Um, that had multiverse in the title, I believe. It's, it. This seems to be a very uh, zeitgeist thing right now, this multiverse concept. And it's in a lot of media. But this is like an alt- alternate to a Marvel version. It's an A24 version. I guess we mo- uh, at least have the films we're covering uh, are A24, I feel like, of the of the current ones that we do, we've been doing. But that's just how it goes. I mean, is it
0: our fault that you can cover an A24 film, an Annapurna film, or a Neon film, and that's basically it? Um, unless you want to
1: talk unless about my biggest franchise? Do a Marvel, know? yeah, or Star Wars <laughs> or something like Disney film. So, yeah, that's true. But anyway, uh, so that's, like, their version, I guess, of of this. And then, meanwhile, Flash Gordon from 1980 is... Um, it's like an... Well, first of all, he is the savior of the universe. That's right. Uh, so I want to get that out of the way as quickly as possible. Uh, and you know, Freddie Mercury certainly tells us several times that he'll save every one of us. So that's... He wants to be very clear on that. Very thing. clear. Yes. This is like a, mo- a type of superhero movie that's definitely not getting made nowadays. If they did like a Marvel... F- I don't know, is Flash Gordon... I don't think he's a Marvel character, but he was like a comic book character maybe predating even the existence of marvel i'm thinking maybe but um comic book wise but that's
0: a good question i'm
1: not a fucking nerd so i don't know the answer to that probably well, i could Google. you're, it you're not that type of to, nerd I again have yeah. some great radio yeah but you know you kind of get what i'm saying here with the, with this it's like it's not getting it's like a very different than your typical superhero movie nowadays i would say in almost almost every way and that so like it's kind of even though look, we'll we'll get her we'll jump right out with the opinions here, I guess. Like, I don't think either of us think this is a great or possibly even good movie, but
0: You know what? It's not as good it's not as um smooth and um shiny as the modern comic book movies. But uh you know the dialogue, everybody's good. Yeah. And uh it's oh, that joke landed with a thud.
1: Uh but yeah, no, um,
0: this is one of those. Like, Sorry, classic... I got met.
1: I was hoping it was. I felt like it was a joke. It had the cadence, <laughs> but since I didn't get it, I was like, maybe it wasn't. I'll just try to move past it. Well, it was. It was. It a reference to the film because I didn't just.
0: Uh... Oh, the dialogue's just really bad. Probably oh, team see. up yeah, and yeah.
1: bring him down.
0: Like it's it, like it's just like it is one of those classic eighties movies. Before we, um, as a large. Or, or before or maybe after because I mean there are great movies that came out before this but you know during that time um, that you know you watched a lot of movies from growing up on TV or like mm-hmm. in the block coming from Blockbuster or whatever uh, where no one really put any effort into writing the dialogue or speaking the lines in the movies and everything <laughs> sounded really really fucking bad um, and at least as bad as I think the comic book movies are uh, mm-hmm. that are the only movies that we get to watch today at least like there's a level of polish on the outside of the turd uh with those movies um and this is one of, another one of those
1: classic yeah like, I, we could debate that but I, I will say that um, but actually you gotta give me a little more i need you to play to the back seats more like the back row more on the sarcasm here uh, you know really hammer at home there like uh, but at least the dialogue was good oh i'm sorry
0: okay okay that's fair in new york you took improv classes and i smoked cigarettes outside of dive bars that's that's my
1: (laughs) but improv wise i mean i do feel like probably they it's like the type of improv in flash gordon or this type of film where like you're saying they weren't so concerned about the dialogue in these type of movies back then so like i feel like some of the lines even probably were improv like just just not well but they weren't like my duty is to my hawk people yeah
0: uh maybe I did love this movie. <laughs> maybe this movie was so um silly. I won't call it stupid.
1: Yeah, it's very silly. I mean Brian Blessed uh the actor. I th- I believe he's still around doing stuff from time to time. He's uh like, can't confirm. He's clearly having fun with this one and uh I don't know if he's improving lines or not probably some of them, but he's definitely um he's definitely playing to he's playing not to the background. He's playing out the door to the people on the street with this uh performance. <laughs> yep he's uh he's eating that massive ham sandwich yeah and von cito himself is also hamming it up a bit as uh ming the merciless i don't know if this is this like a problematic uh portrayal of this not the portrayal that he does but like is ming supposed to be like some type of asian like i mean the name sounds like it and he kind of has like the Fu Manchu beard. I've as well. seen images of Ming from the comics trip at some point in my life. Ming is coded Asian. This uh, mm. it wouldn't fly today. You're right. Yeah, I was wondering though, because other than the, he's definitely not doing any type of like Asian accent or really anything like that. But it's just like yeah, the, the look, I guess. Um, yeah, with the bald head. And yeah, I mean,
0: too. they should have known that you couldn't do this. Shout out to the Calcanet Trader Joe bit.
1: But yeah but that being said anyway i do think like i think it's a fun performance um and he i guess we're really starting off with flash gordon here but but um that's fine we need to get it out of the way much like much like last month when you made me watch that fucking piece of shit yeah strange <laughs> brew who van was the villain in that one as well um yeah you really you liked this better clearly it sounds like i can tell already
0: I did so. There were parts of this that it seemed like a lot of a lot of work and money went into making it not look like complete shit by the standards of the day. Um, and I kind of agree, other than the costumes of like Ming's like honor guard, or re- and, and, which look like really bad, like really bad yeah. like putties from Power Ranger bad. Um, <laughs> a lot of effort went into costuming all the human being mm. looking suspiciously human looking alien uh, races. Um... You know, there's not a lot of like interesting dialogue in this, uh, but for like just a dumb space adventure, which is basically what Star Wars is, and you know everybody loves Star Wars, myself included. You know, like you gave me permission to turn it off, and I didn't. Uh, I'll say. All right,
1: uh, and it's longer than Strange too, so that, that says something as well. Maybe the fact yeah, that it's, it's, about it's not. I, later. I obviously with a, with something like Strange Brew a comedy. If, if that's not hitting for you it can be a lot harder to to sit through than a adventure film i think for um, sure for sure now yeah like you said the the costuming i mean the, they put like a lot of work into this clearly and it was it was during an era where that was more done anyway i have to believe it was filmed in england probably uh filmed in england why do you say that what's uh is there something i don't know I think well the the director it maybe I maybe it wasn't but there's a lot of like English influence I think because the the director is Mike Hodges he directed Get Carter, uh, the original he directed a um, a clever uh, Owen movie from the late nineties called Croupier, which I think is a really good film, but anyway he's British and uh, obviously Brian Blessed the aforementioned Timothy Dalton shows up in this because there's a lot of British people involved doesn't I mean it was filmed there, but I just get the sense that it was like a like a studio. I they filmed a lot of uh movies in the UK in this era, like these big kind of studio I mean, things. And Queen is the doing the I soundtrack. Don't, I don't wanna be that guy, but they film a lot of movies in England now, my guy. Okay, right. So but <laughs> Um But yeah, yeah, I I feel you. It's it's definitely like a British kind studio cast. vibe, but like for some reason I'm not getting like the the u.s like hollywood i don't know it it is a hollywood film obviously i don't know where i'm going with this never mind but uh there's a lot there's a lot of english influence yeah like i just mentioned down to the queen soundtrack and everything like that which very specifically british yes i uh which is probably my favorite part of, of the film also yeah yeah i i'm gonna have to say so um
0: i'm trying to think if i liked anything better Oh, you know what I really, really liked—the really bad acting of the princess, like, mm. which she's like lying to people, and like, it sounded like, okay, here, here's what I have in my head for this, like, a, a the Simpsons episode where someone is like making a mockery of this kind of performance, and like winking directly to the stage, and then someone says something sarcastic from the audience that's basically like deadpan,
1: like, yep, she's lying or whatever, you know, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, I get your, I get your, uh, your vibe here. It's a little, it was a little porno ish acting from her but uh, she was quite, For sure. uh quite easy on the eyes I'll say um Very I th- pretty yes. I think she's Italian so it might be a little of a language barrier issue there things I like though I mean listen uh we're, we're gonna get to there's quite a lot of uh fighting styles in everything everywhere all at once and a lot of fun ton of fun set action set pieces there like hand, you know hand-to-hand combat or not just hand-to-hand but fanny pack to back or to face combat all type of uh of fun stuff but i don't recall there being any whip fight in that one so that i would say that's maybe my second favorite part of flash gordon you like the whip fight we get james bond uh well, before he was Bond, but uh, Timothy Dalton fighting uh, the titular Flash Gordon with with a, a whip, which I thought was pretty entertaining.
0: I've got a level with you. That was one of the more pathetic moments to me. Um, the, how the spikes came up, and like it, that, like it, there was never any danger from the spikes. Um, and, well, that, and just I like, mean, look, listen. I'm yeah, not talking about all Technology that. not being there to make it seem like they were actually whipping each other. Sorry, go ahead.
1: But just the concept of, like, I don't know, maybe my mind is just going with maybe maybe something that wasn't on the screen, but, like, I'm thinking about, like, if you are in some type of a fort, trial by combat, whatever, and they just issue you your weapons, and they're, and they're like, oh, it's whips this time, boy, like, that's gotta be so brutal, like, I mean, you have to whip the other guy to death. It's fucking death together, like, tough. And avoid it. I don't know. I mean fucking tough, and it goes to some bad territory, yeah. Yeah. Like, Indiana Jones never, he's classically does a lot of whip stuff, but he never, I don't recall him ever being in, like, a whip-first whip fight. Um, no. No. He did shoot a guy once. That's true. Who was going to uh, run him through with one of those big uh, swords. But, yeah, it was not that wasn't happening. Um, and then Flash himself, I mean, well, the, the two other kind of main characters, Flash and the other... Earth person I guess well there's three earth people I guess
0: this is a tough hang for my guy Sam J Jones and uh, <laughs> yeah, my was... uh, my other guy Melody Anderson the Flash and Dale are the two worst parts
1: of this fucking movie <laughs> yeah I mean I kind I get what they're doing with the, the casting of flash I guess like um, it's he's supposed to be like the all-American kind of lunkhead whatever um well you know what
0: they made him the star quarterback for the jets yeah and made him competent enough to save the universe and clearly a celebrity back home i changed my mind from the whip thing that's the weakest most pathetic thing that they did it's just like make me make make me believe it a little bit you know this should have cast joe Namath himself in the in the role that would would have been interesting wasn't he in a wheelchair by then i just made that up
1: uh, you might be thinking of Joe Theismann. Classic. Christ, Dude I am. Again, <laughs> okay, back on track. No, Joe Namath's the one who, later, uh, well, years after this, but uh, tried to, uh, I think he had a little bit of a drinking problem, and he he tried to kiss Susie Colbert on the field getting interviewed. Uh, yep, yep, yep. Or at least he kept saying, I want to kiss you, can I kiss you? But I think that's, he was like a him. stud. I mean, he was the... He won the Super Bowl for the Jets in the early 70s, maybe late 60s. And I think he was kind of, like, uh, stud back then. I think he might have been better in a movie or two. Um, so, that's what I was saying. Probably. But, yeah, uh, Sam J. Jones. I don't know anything else this guy's done. Melody Anderson is uh, plays, uh, yeah, Dale, is it? Yep, um, Dale. And I don't know if I've seen anything else she has done either. Well... She yep. quit acting in 1995, so. Okay. Oh, she was in this, uh, the year after this, I'm looking at her filmography. She's in a film I have seen called Dead and Buried, which actually is it's uh, is pretty good. I recommend that one. And t- Topol plays, yeah, a lot of TV. Uh, Topol, the one named Topol, uh, who, I, who I think he's famous for um, Fiddler on the Roof. Uh, is um, this crazy scientist in there, the other Earth person who, I guess that's the concept of that day. Um, he kind of uh, tricks uh, Dale and uh, Flash into, uh, he loses an assistant and tricks them into going to space with him. Did
0: you understand, so this character uh, is a mad scientist who has warned NASA that someone might attack us with the moon, and of course that's exactly what Emperor Ming does. Um, and no one on Earth believes him, so he has to launch a rocket to fight them himself. And, uh, presumably that would have gone very poorly if Flash, Gordon, and Dale had not landed there at his space station at exactly the the right time. Um, the plot is flimsy. I don't know why we spent 20 minutes on
1: Flash Gordon from 1980. Well, uh, that's a good point, Eric, because the, like, what was the plan? Because his, his, he wanted his assistant to go, presumably, but... Right, he specifically said, we'll go up there and fight them, and then he (laughs) gives up minute one like a little bitch. Uh, excuse me. Yeah, he's cowardly. He's not going to fight like Flashwell, and I don't think he's going to catch Meng's eye like Dale will in terms of, like, as an engineer. to... Those are the two things they up, have. So. Those
0: and mad football skills and the ability to learn to whip someone in the face real fast. Quite
1: fortuitous for um our boy Tobol.
0: Also, very little was. charisma. Also, when they had him, when they were torturing him, was he a Holocaust survivor, or
1: did they just... Find out about the Holocaust by looking at his memories. That's interesting. I think they. I think they are implying that he was a Holocaust survivor. Yeah.
0: This is a. I, is this the beginning of the cocaine era? Would you say, or or or
1: the height of the cocaine era?
0: Because those like dreams. Sequences... I don't think we're
1: quite at the height yet. And I think this was filmed probably in 19, Well, it came out in nineteen eighty. Maybe filmed in nineteen seventy nine. I think it was filmed in England, but who knows? I'm making that up. Yeah,
0: you could definitely feel director Michael yeah. just
1: flexing right there with the superimposed images of. You know all the horrors. Uh-huh. I think. It, it, it didn't I don't land. think it was the fight quite yet, but but it was definitely wrapping up. Do you say you think Tobel had no no uh, charisma, though? I don't know if I with that. I think okay. Let me
0: let me be perfectly clear, uh, because I hope that no one, golly God forbid, someone who knows this actor listens to this and it hurts their feelings. Tobel had plenty of charisma. Doctor Hans
1: Zarkov did not have any charisma. <laughs> okay, you're making the distinction. Yeah. Also i'm wondering if he was a no i guess he was he's not that old so i was like was topol himself like a holocaust survivor and maybe that's why they included that he's born in israel so hmm. anyway i am seeing now that this was also uh, produced by dino de la and really who uh i think was a big into the uh I think has a lot of cocaine energy over his work, so that makes sense as well. What else has De Laurentiis um, produced? Oh, uh, let's see, I mean, he's like a legendary producer, um, but that being said- Why I haven't I heard you, of him? Oh, uh, no. Look it up. You've heard of him, I bet. Oh, yeah, almost certainly. Yeah, it looks like, I mean, he started making films in the 40s, Well, let's look more, let's look what he was doing more in this period. Um, well, it has got a lot of films I haven't heard of, but uh, he did Halloween two the year later. <laughs> um, Conan the Barbarian, okay, that's a good one. Wait. Amityville three D, Halloween three, Season of the Witch, The Dead Zone, the Cronenberg film, he, uh, Maximum Overdrive, the Stephen King film, from eighty five, which I think is the uh, is uh, the most coke film of all time, probably, almost probably. certainly. Yeah, with that. Can we Paris. do that one next week, or next month? Uh, sure, we could probably get, we could pair that, we could find a way to pair that one up. Yeah, he's got, uh, he's got quite a resume. He, he produced Blue Velvet, the David Lynch film. Oh, so yeah, he's got a, really? Um, he produced Army of Darkness, which I think you brought up to me recently, uh, not, not I brought already. it up as a
0: movie that we could pair with everything, everywhere, all at once.
1: Yeah, so, we got De Laurentiis is everywhere. But yeah, I believe he's got that type of energy. So um, hey, you okay, got to yeah. do a little. You got to be on something if you're directing all. I mean, uh, producing all these films for six decades. Give a little, get a little. Give a little coke, get a little movie. That's right. Okay, now I'm like trying to see where this thing was found. Am my Did I like see it somewhere already? That it was England for some reason. That's why it's in my head. Uh, it doesn't matter. Uh, yeah, this uh, Flesh Gordon is a you mentioned star wars i think it it, it probably was de probably was like let's star wars is hot right now let me try to do one of those and this is what let's make our star wars and then it's just this yeah let's get yeah let's get cocaine the director of get carter which is like a serious a super serious like hard nose film gangster film yeah uh, who cares about casting the lead role? We'll just get any any American, all American dude. We're getting Voncito in there. That's the important thing. We're getting a bunch of uh British uh, actors that that are that like to uh go for it. They're gonna sell this. We're getting Queen on the to to uh create a sound, you know, a score, uh, or a, a song they play a bunch of times at least, and uh, and we're getting you know. We're getting a, a, a lot of uh, crazy costumes, and that's a, and that's a movie, you know.
0: That is a movie.
1: We're not getting a, a, a someone to write the script, or maybe we will, but that'll be that'll be on uh, after.
0: Script was pretty fucking rough. That script was pretty fucking <laughs> rough. In terms of objectively bad movies from the seventies and 80s, from the eighties, uh, that. I could have watched. I really hated this a lot less than Strange Brew. I really, really didn't like Strange Brew. And like I said, I finished this one. Um, It's not very good um, by today's standards. But it does... I started saying this earlier and then kind of said something else. But it does remind me of like... Maybe... So when I'm like really, really upset at movies from, you know, 1930, 1940, 1950... For having bad dialogue and not really being how people talk and, uh, you know, nothing nothing makes sense logically in the plot. People just kind of appear from off screen like it's a stage play set in ancient Greece and this is just a thing that's going to happen right now uh, that's happening. As mad as I get at mo- those movies for things like that, it just occurs to me that maybe there was a time when, like, I don't know if you were a capitalist, you would say the market decided or... We, uh, as a film going like culture just decided or or there were enough time had passed since the birth of the medium that we kind of figured out you know what the base level what the baseline of competence was for things like you know, I mean, like I said, a lot of work went into the set design and the costume design, and they paid a lot of great actors, but the lines that they give that gave them and then the the line reading that comes from some of these actors, it's just like it's 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 unacceptably bad um at times, and I'm wondering if there was just a time. As we, this movie is now 42 years old. uh, I'm wondering if there was just a time between then and the time that I, you know, became a sentient human being. Where we as a movie going culture kind of settled on like water finding its level. You know, here are the baselines for, you know, at least professionalism in film. Um, and and, it, and if maybe that's what I'm missing from some of these other movies. that it, A lot of them, you know, I've liked a lot of parts of, including this. Um, and just, like, I mean, now I'm bitching about every movie being the exact same. And, you know, yeah. only five franchises get to make any movies. But there's that sheen of competence
1: around them, you know? Yeah, I suppose. I do think, um, like, cinematography-wise and stuff like that, I don't necessarily think things are better now. Like, I think there was more... Even, like, we're talking about this, like, Flash Garden had so probably so many people working on it. Um, even though it's a stupid movie, there's, like, real professionals working at, in a lot of the aspects of it. I hope I communicated that I understand that. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's what I'm saying. Now, with everything being shot digitally and stuff, I don't think, and so cheaply, I don't think... I think that some things are probably lost nowadays. Maybe not uh, dialogue-wise, but... I think things are maybe lost, or or leads to movies being more samey, like we we complain about. I think that is down to like not having. I, I do complain about that. Not having, like lack of professionalism, also in a different in a different degree, because they don't. I just I've heard like stories of or or anecdotes at least of like, seventies exploitation films or like B movies. A lot of times they would get like top, they would get top um, like cinematographers and stuff to still make them so even if the whole movie is like pretty terrible that part is still good that that type of thing would happen more back then I think Ennio Morricone wrote how many fucking soundtracks Mm -hmm. to bad westerns yeah all the spaghetti westerns and a lot of other films yeah so anyway it's just interesting but let's talk about a modern classic are we gonna call it uh by the by Daniel Kwan and Daniel Shiner uh apparently they're known as the Daniels I'm told here just daniels if there's they're any, known yeah. as i'm sorry they're known as daniels like like the band Eagles it's just eagles not the eagles like something like that got it daniels uh everything everywhere once uh it was we're talking about producers this episode and marvel another mar- huge marvel connection the russo brothers apparently were uh, executive produced this film or co-produced it with daniels they obviously do a ton of marvel work so
0: they they created that indie shingle right to to produce like good movies outside of the umbrella Mm. of okay i'm not basically disney franchise entertainment makes sense uh like that was their stated purpose when they started doing that it was like we took
1: the we took our money from which one did they produce uh the i Winter think they Soldier. did they do the yeah captain american movie America movies
0: like they took their money stashed it and 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 wanted to help other filmmakers like get off the ground get their ideas off the ground and um have you looked at the list of movies that they made with that money this is no this is really the first this is the first one of those that i like
1: what do you know like, what is the product that what is the shingle called
0: Uh, let's look it up. We can cut some of this dead air out. Uh, Russo, it is called Agbo, or AGBO. Okay. I'm curious, uh... They produced Assassination Nation, directed by Sam Levinson, 21 Bridges, which is, like, a fine, bad action movie. Something called Mosul, which I have never heard of, directed by Matthew Michael Carnahan, and I should say Brian Kirk directed 21 Bridges. Uh, they directed Relic, which is actually really fun. I was about cool. to say, isn't that I, one? That's your a horror puts? movie from twenty twenty. Yeah, I love. I actually love Relic. They directed an action movie called Extraction that stars one of the Hemsworths, directed by Sam Hargrave. And I will back up and say that Natalie Erica James directed Relic. Um, and they directed, or the, those were all produced production.
1: Obviously, they directed something called Cherry mm-hmm. that had bad enough reviews that I, I just think I saw close the uh, billboards for that. Um, all right. And, uh, now well, they've hit it with this one, the, uh, so it's, we talked about it's a, it's a multi, I mean, I assume you wouldn't be listening to this now at this point if you haven't seen the film, but. Or maybe you just really love Flash Gordon. <laughs> yeah. Well, then you've turned it off already because you saw we were off. <laughs> yeah. You figured we were off that. It might come up again. We'll see. But, uh, yeah. So it's a, it's a multiverse film starring Michelle Yeoh as the, the lead role, um, and uh, it's very, I mean, there's a lot of parts of this film that are not, although, like I said, zeitgeist-wise, like this multiverse kind of thing, it is in seemingly, so that's not as unique even. it's. I kind of uh, wanted to push back on that. Okay, go ahead.
0: That's just become, like, the rhetoric around this spring, right? Like, multiverses are in, uh, because this movie and Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness came out at those like, I think, back-to-back weekends. But when you say a multiverse movie, and, and and of and of course when people are saying just like yeah, uh, multiverses are a big thing right now. Everything's got to be a multiverse. What the fuck are we talking about? These are the only two multiverse.
1: Movies. Well, I think like a lot of, I mean, the, the, the that Doctor Strange one had it in the title, but I think a lot, a lot of the Marvel ones are are evolved around that, right? I I personally haven't been watching these. Marvel movies the past few year, whatever stage or It's my there.
0: understanding that Right. Well it's my understanding that this Doctor Strange movie and the Spider Man movie that preceded it directly, uh are the only two that have even mentioned a multiverse Well
1: also movie. there's the well there's the Spider Man which I do like this film and I think they're making a sequel. The animated Spider Man film was called like um that was definitely yeah, about the multiverse. Into the Spider Verse. Yeah.
0: That that is that is a multiverse movie and it is it's a couple uh, years actually old, like something it, that I like a lot. Yeah.
1: And I do think I mean shit. Okay. I, I also gotta say I'm I do think there's a it's not quite multiverse, but I feel like there is some connection between we've talked about a lot of like how it's almost a genre, these like groundhog day movies, you know. These like do the same uh-huh, I feel uh-huh. like that's kind of in the same wheelhouse as this multiverse idea. Now is
0: that a multiverse or is that a pocket universe?
1: I mean it the might be diverse movies are in maybe but I think and you might be right it's probably overblown to some to some extent like every movie isn't but I, I think like it does seem to have hit something in the culture that maybe because we are living in such like shitty times kind of like and people are like aware yeah. of it more than ever it is like something of like you want like there's a different version of me that's you know, I'm just getting into psychology a little bit, but there's like a different version of me that's like out there that can do be a hero or like can do that. Like people want this, like um people are drawn to this, like idea of like it. Anything could happen, or there's a different lives for me or for other people.
0: If I had taken a different major in college, how different would my life be? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's it's cer- it certainly tapped into something that I like. I know my I myself have felt and like discussed with other people um, in terms of just like the what if. Of it all certainly does that you know a trend make <laughs> just i mean i i agree that it is like you know like
1: i agree that it's happening to something that we're all feeling but is, is that a trend i don't know i guess i guess it's a good question but I, what i'm going to say though is that i even if it's not the biggest trend or whatever um it's not ubiquitous yet in films I think the multiverse whole thing is not the the most like the most unique thing about this film, like major studio. I guess well, twenty four is kind of a major studio. I mean, I guess it's not at this point. Uh, yeah. At this point, but also like this is like a yeah, I think like a major film Re- release wise. Like there's other things that make it different. I the main thing is the character, like the actors in this, and the and the character more more of the characters obviously they're played by actors of the age but it's like the lead character is a well like a 60-ish year old maybe late 50s year old like chinese american woman that's like pretty unusual for like this the star of uh a major hollywood film right
0: there were almost no hollywood blockbusters Starring, how old is she? Sixty something.
1: I don't know. Although, uh, sixty. The, she, she Michelle Yeoh, 60. Yeah. nineteen
0: sixty. I think the character maybe uh, was supposed 60 to be sixty-year-old like, Asian American woman. Yeah,
1: I th- I'm. I mean, also her husband in the film, who is um, short round from the aforementioned Indiana Jones, um, as an adult now. She on, yeah. He uh, he was great. I loved him, but uh, he um, phenomenal in this. I think he's probably g- got to be a decent amount younger than her but let's see so, yeah well you're on age out. watch so i'm i'm just saying i think they maybe maybe she's supposed to be playing a little bit younger than she is in real life but still it's like about yeah it's probably. about a family an immigrant family which yeah there's movies about immigrant families certainly plenty of them but not like this type of movie like i can't think of too many like action sci-fi movies where that's the basis yeah and then the other kind of main character, oh, well, her daughter's, like, family unit, all right, and then her father, who's played by James Hong, a legendary actor who's, like, not, I mean, he's, like, almost 100, I think. He was playing old men. Back when De Laurentiis, uh was chopping up lines in the early 80s, He, uh, James Hong was playing, James Hong was playing grandpa characters then. Like, he's the old man in Gremlins, Christ. you know? He's, like, the old shop owner yeah and you're like you see that and you're like and he's like, oh, uh, he's in um one of my favorites a uh, big trouble in little china oh sorry what'd you say oh i see Oh, I, one of your favorites i assume it was kung fu panda uh, not one of my maybe it will be one of my new favorites i don't i haven't seen that one yet but he's in that too huh makes sense yeah anyway that's a family and then the, the other kind of main character or actor in the film is jamie lee curtis who's also really good in this And, uh, obviously she's a huge star, but still playing, like, an old, it's, like, another older woman character as the main character, so. All of that stuff I thought was more, made him much more unique. Yeah, yeah,
0: it's definitely, like, for all of the shit that, I don't really want to do this again, but for all the shit that we took for, like, Letting that the that bad Eternals movie flop, um, because we we owed it to Disney to see it because it was the most diverse cast Disney had put together for one of these yet. Yeah, you can just make a good movie and 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 cast it purposely diversely, um, and it, if it fucking rules, people will watch it to the tune of a hundred million dollars yep. for an A twenty four
1: movie. Like it it isn't that hard. And <laughs> and listen listen yeah. uh, uh, on the spot right now. If I if I tell you like after this recording, you either have to. Watch Flash Gordon again or watch Eternal. What what do you do? What what's the move?
0: Oh, I'm taking Druig to the bank, buddy. I'm taking Druig, I'm taking Kingo. I remember those names and I'm taking them. Are those Eternals names or on, on I Druig. don't even know
1: what you're saying, but okay. Alright, for me, I, I it wouldn't even be a thought. I'm watching Flash Gordon again, no question. No question. I've already
0: seen Flash Gordon. I don't like to rewatch anything except horror movies. Uh yeah. Um that often. Although
1: I did rewatch the worst person in the world recently, I oh. uh, do not regret it. Yeah, we didn't really talk about. Oh, we did talk about it, but it was part of our kind of Oscar slash twenty twenty one retrospective, so we didn't dig deep on that. But yeah, that was that was good. Oh, that's rewatchable, then, you're saying even so soon, like within. Oh a yeah, yeah, months. quite rewatchable. Great. Anyway,
0: yeah, yeah. Uh, I think make a good make make good movies, and um, you know, mm-hmm.
1: that's how we can sort diversity in Hollywood. Yeah. You'd like yeah. to think so. But yeah, so did you get... Well, how am I going to say this? Did you get... Like, things are moving around so fast in this, it's getting so crazy. Like, did you get, like, thrown off at all or, like, woozy or anything?
0: So I wasn't thrown off that much, but I know that there are references we sh- we sh- that I didn't catch. And before we dive too deep into this, because we have a habit of just, like, hitting the ground running with these... Mm-hmm. Everything Everywhere All At Once is the story of a uh, failing small business owner um, and her family. um, And that's basically it. Uh, No. uh, And this person learns that she is like Neo in the Matrix. She is the one person in all of the multiverse who can save it from uh, a great nihilistic evil that is swallowing up other other multiverses. And she has to, uh, you know... Do some wacky uh kung fu hijinks by absorbing knowledge from other versions of herself that could have been, or in fact were, in other universes, um to stop everything from
1: being swallowed by a bagel. Mm-hmm. An everything bagel, yeah, that was a good joke. And uh it's her daughter essentially, so like the villain is a version. Yes, of her so
0: bagel. the the great evil is her daughter. There's a mommy issues thing yeah. here. Yeah.
1: Yeah so and yeah that's the jumping point for all of the they kind of break it up too into like they call like everything part one everything part two everywhere um and then they kind of code at the end is and all, then I, I do believe the epilogue is yeah, called yeah. all at once so yeah um they, they commit to the bit i guess like the everything is like the whole setup of what what happens and then the everywhere is like when it starts getting real crazy but i mean it gets crazy pretty early so, yeah, this this idea is, like, there's different versions of you in the, the multiverse, and you can, like, tap, is it like you can tap into, like, the skills from the, your other, what are they called? They call, like, they call, like, Alpha Wayman, I remember her husband's name is Wayman, and like, the one who's competent is called, like, Alpha Wayman, or Are they just called their own names, so, right? There's not, like, what are, what are, like, the... That's a joke, I think,
0: yeah, that's a joke, I think, about how everyone on the internet calls, like, mm-hmm. um... Something like Alpha Chad Energy right. or, or Beta Energy, you know. Um, obviously, because of the the, the difference between that Wayman and and her her own husband in her own um, shitty universe. But if you're asking like what 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 is the question
1: you ask? What I'm trying to like say how to talk about this. Like, what are they called? Like, what is like? Because you could say like, uh, what's Michelle Yeoh's name in this? Do you remember? Um, I can find it yeah. real quick. Evelyn. Watson. Evelyn. So like, there's like. Hot Dog Fingers Evelyn, or uh, whatever, <laughs> yes. you know, What that's, like, they're different Evelyns, or, like, how I was saying, how I was joking before, there's a different you still in New York, like, never lose New York Eric, but if you don't have the person's name, what do we call these, like, versions of yourself, that's what I'm asking.
0: Uh, well, doppelgangers implies that they exist in this plane of existence, I think this is just, like, other possible yous, right, I don't know if there's, like, a a snappy word for it i I certainly don't know one i would love to that would be a
1: cool thing that i could throw out in conversation anyway is there other well even if it's just in this from this film but i guess they didn't really have something so like is there um what is the idea like you they use from you can tap into the use from other universe from the multiverse by doing something really unusual or unexpected and then you, like, get their powers. It's essentially what happened to it.
0: Oh, uh, right. Like, sniffing markers or, or peeing yourself or whatever.
1: I guess this is before you know what's happening, but, like, uh he, Waymond has to, like, well, there's two parts at the beginning, I remember. One is he, like, eats, he unrolls, like, a chapstick and starts eating it. And in you know, yep, the audience, yep. you're like, what is going on here? That's weird. Like, I don't know why that's so weird, but, or why that's so off-putting, but it is. And then, you know, then he has to, like, start, like, uh. They're like, dude, give yourself paper cuts between your fingers. and that, sh- that was painful to watch.
0: It starts off really innocuous too. It's like put your shoes on the wrong feet.
1: Oh yeah, she he tells her to do that. That's right. Anyway, that that was a pretty good concept. There's one part then where they fight they're, the other people. So the other people are like in the multiverse too, or their other they're trying to go against her, right? Like the Jamie Lee Curtis and these other security guards and right. stuff.
0: Right, they're the agents from The Matrix. Yeah. This, I mean, this movie is crammed with references to other movies, like, self-consciously. Oh, yeah, yeah. In a way,
1: that can be a little annoying at times, if I'm honest. Uh-huh. Yeah, so there's a lot. I mean, we could just... I mean, there's some... I mean, there's a diverse set of references here. Uh, there is, obviously, The Matrix is a huge one. I would say her, they're referencing her own, like, Michelle Yeoh's own movies. Like, I would say specifically Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon... It's a reference, quite a bit. right. Well,
0: there's a version that she uh, of herself that she keeps tapping into and returning to, and like splitting herself in into that uh, universe where like
1: she's an, a kung fu mo- movie star, <laughs> yeah, which she was in real life or she is in real life. So, um, and then there's obviously Ratatouille, <laughs> um, which was pretty. They 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 ran it into the ground a little bit, but it was pretty funny. Uh, the the Rakakuni. They uh, did not do that. I won't hear you <laughs> speak ill of my beloved Rakakuni. He's my no. best friend. Well, maybe that was just the part I was saying, like, where you. I wasn't getting overwhelmed by it, but it is a long movie, and toward the end part when they're jumping through all this stuff, I'm like, all right, we're going back to Rakakuni again. This again. I was kind of almost like, it can maybe cut 15 minutes out of this, but I don't know. At the same time, it shows. Yeah, experience. man. I
0: I don't think they could cut that shit at the end, because that's the part that got me, like, the most. It's the other, like, random references, like, throughout, that was like, I, can we can we pick this up? I get it, she's Neo. Um, shit
1: like that. Yeah, I don't know, but just, like, just, yeah, the, the quick cutting. Yeah, maybe you couldn't, I don't know. I, I mean, the I, the last thing about a references is, there was one that I, that I caught that was, like, it wasn't a, a reference to another film and i was like that is really funny to me i don't know why but the the villain uh what is the daughter villain's name um jobu something jobu Topaki. jobu topaki yeah then Michelle Yeo, like the care evelyn mispronounces it a bunch of times really keeps mispronouncing well. it much like she mispronounces rakakuni yeah right and it's funny too that she's cuz it's like her daughter she thinks it's her daughter so she's like acting like it is so obviously it's a good good comic stuff but um like why are you dressed that way or whatever you look stupid but uh around that part where she says that the jobu tabaki says like just starts quoting lines from the song the song this is the story of a girl did you catch that you know, the song's like, they do
0: it the whole time yes uh <laughs> they, they they like peppered that in throughout oh the it movie. was more than just uh, the one, one scene it i did the second get... time they did it okay uh, yeah, I thought that was really funny. And they do such a good job setting up these things to pay off, and that's why it's a little annoying when it's just, like, reference, reference, reference! It's, like, uh, like, I... What is that, uh, what is that Steven Spielberg movie that's just, like, nothing but vapid references? Uh, Ready oh, Player Ready One. Oh, Ready Player One. Haven't seen it. Yeah, it was just, like when when they just wanna let you know how much t v they've seen or 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 how many like movies they've seen and how many songs they know that can get a really annoying, but they do such a good job to like tee off on some of these and like drop them into earlier acts like Chekhov's got like like Rakakuni specifically. They didn't do anything with Jojo Chewbacca, which is what she
1: calls uh, the the villain. They don't of, have the rights to a that. A couple times. Yeah. The Russo brothers had a, had probably a limit, good. probably, I mean, to what they can dip, dip into. A bit. Yeah, They're not yeah, calling yeah. that favoring with Disney, but, yeah. Sorry, I cut you off,
0: though. No, I mean, that was it. Uh, a lot of these jokes do pay off really well. Some of them don't. This movie um, this movie, has a heavy hand with the emotions of it all. Mm-hmm. Once we get past this, the phase of the film... Where um, she has to learn that not only can she uh, dodge bullets uh, when she's ready, she won't have to. Once she gets past the "stop trying to hit me and hit me" phase, this movie goes to a place emotionally where I would say it's a little, it's a, it's a little bit much. This is a criticism. You're going into criticism. I am. uh, It's a bit manipulative at times. Um, The uh, who I consider great uh, critic, Adam Neiman. Said it felt more like a like like a bear hug. Um, it it felt like in a lot of movies want to beat you into submission. This one wanted to hug you into submission, and I definitely felt that. You know, I often resist like anything that wants me to feel good. Anything that self consciously is trying to make me feel good, it, it's gonna get a little itchy for me. Yeah. And like, I don't have mommy issues. I have a really good relationship <laughs> with my mom, so that didn't like hurt the good way. Um, it was just like, oh yeah, I'm watching this movie, but then everything turns when they start like those references start uh from earlier the jokes that they've set up that we were just talking about start folding in on each other um and she there's that scene where they're like she's charging up the stairway and she's not doing kung fu anymore she's reaching into like the like other like possible universes and giving them the one thing that could Mm -hmm. make this person happy uh which is like getting spanked the one guy at times is spanking somebody uh she goes into someone else's universe and like Helps him helps him try to get his best friend Rakakuni right. back after she turned him into the uh, EPA. She or like chiropractor is uh, the, the, the one guy and like control. fixes his
1: back pain or something. I think. Yeah. 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 Uh,
0: I just yeah. I, I just thought that it was and it was a bit manipulative with the music. I just thought that that was such a beautiful mm-hmm. sequence. Um and like
1: I was just openly weeping at one. Oh wow. Uh so that was exciting. Yeah. And uh, I think I mean I might be doing a little work for the movie here but I think it, you're talking about the bear hug or someone brought that up. I think it could be thematic because clearly it's a lot about, I mean, it's a lot about the parent-child relationships and family relationships, but specifically, like, Asian-American um, relationships where uh, the parents are, like, very hard on the kids, like like we see with this Michelle Yeoh and her daughter in this. Um, so, like, when she, Evelyn, finally learns, like, what not to do, she's still going about it hard like in the opposite way almost kind of so like it is like i am yeah yeah we can do anything nothing matters like that's kind of the thing like it's fine like the way you want to live is fine but she's still like um, but it's still like really dramatic and like i'm gonna be there now like i don't know i don't know if i'm saying it's making sense but it makes sense in my no head, yeah i
0: think you're right to find that metaphor even if they didn't put it there on purpose and i assume that they did these guys are really thoughtful filmmakers if you've seen um their other movies with army knife or Swiss Army manic excuse me. Actually,
1: I was gonna bring that up. I have not seen that yet, and I should, uh, I should do it. You know, what? I was, I have been put off by that one because I have heard that uh, it's heavy on the uh, flatulence. I don't know, jokes or just. There's a lot of farting. There, there is. Which you know, I like the lighthouse and everything. I can get into it sometimes, but if I know going in that that's like a big thing, I'm kind of like, that's not really my my scene usually. But I should get get past that and uh
0: watch if there's it. farting in a movie and willem defoe's not doing it drew wants no
1: part of it I l- yeah i don't know it's, it could be true i, I i'm a little too highbrow for that eric you know i host this this film or this film podcast where we we talk about flash gordon and uh God damn. whip fights i mean we didn't even yeah
0: you you gotta give me something juicy from like 1948 next time
1: yeah, well, we're probably gonna have to. I mean, is let's let's say, it, I mean, we're not quite done, I think, with everything ever, we're all at once. but uh, is fun, is the summer of Cedo over? Uh, the year of Cedo, we should probably move move past it at least for a little bit, right? I mean, talking about running bits into the ground, uh, we could be. We're running out be... of
0: movies. Yeah, we're for for Cedo summer. We're running out of movies that I can get you to watch. I watched a perfectly decent. A movie called Death Watch that came out the same year slash Gordon that you just didn't.
1: Get I it started to. So it. I did start it, dear listener. I started the film that Eric wanted to do, and I just couldn't. I've had a little bit of a busy schedule. I only saw I saw a little more than half, but it's it's a pretty long one. I I am enjoying it so far. I haven't gotten to. Uh, by the way, I I just said I've watched I've watched over an hour of the film at this point. I think it's over two hours, and I have not. And you still I've seen, it, seen Max von Cito. hide nor hair of cedo my summer it's all Harvey less right now.
0: Yeah, Keitel is great. I love he, Kytel, but... he comes in at the end of that movie like Colonel Kurtz, and
1: it is. Mm-hmm. He gives, basically gives a devastating monologue, and then the movie wraps up. Yeah? Yeah, so it was too. It took him a long time to get that uh, Ming the Merciless makeup and beard off, so he couldn't show He showed up late, I guess, to the set. Uh, right, right. It only was in got the contract in the that he
0: had to wear it on set, so they had to yeah, limit his time.
1: Yeah, I think Death, what, what I've seen of it so far, I know we're really off track, but whatever. I mean, hey, it's just, like, it's just like everything, everywhere, all at once. You know, they just go on different paths or whatever. We're going down the, the 1980 Fensito uh, film path. I think it almost could pair with, we were talking about like Possessor, uh, the, the fairly recent film that came out, or like one of these more current science fiction got a little body maybe not body horror but it's got some body stuff with like kytel's like cameras in his eyes and all this kind of stuff i was getting more of that kind of vibe and he's like going undercover almost of like trying to do tricking people like getting doing a con almost or whatever or like getting accomplishing something without their knowledge right
0: yeah, it's a, it's an interesting movie. Its politics are truly confounding. And I think that's all boiling down to people uh, who have not read Capital just not having a theory for why capitalism ruins everything. And so it must be,
1: you know... <laughs> something else, anything else. Well, that was Uh, 1980, so luckily everyone's learned by now. We're all good good here in 2020.
0: Yeah, no, we're all set on that front, right? Everybody is good. No, um, it's politics are truly confounding. It, it, It seems to be saying one thing and then characters will say directly to the camera the exact opposite politically. But it is an interesting movie. Harvey Keitel's pretty good. In it, I haven't seen a lot of Harvey Keitel performances. I have not seen Bad Lieutenant, Port of Call oh, New Orleans. Yeah.
1: Well, he's not in that, so you don't, you don't you just want to go for the original one. Oh, Bad Lieutenant. What is he? What is he? Yeah. Oh, Bad Lieutenant. He's just in Bad Lieutenant. Okay, yeah, Port, uh, Port of Call New Orleans is uh, your boy. <laughs> that, that you, I know you love old Cage over there. It's a Cage. It's a Cage drawing. Werner Werner Herzog okay. directed. It. It's Perfect. an interesting film. Yeah, Keitel's great. He's he's pretty much great. I don't think I've ever seen him in anything. Where I where he wasn't good i
0: really liked him in
1: this and yeah that uh that monologue that
0: uh Zito gives at the end is yeah, truly devastating but yet. i can't really talk to you about it because you haven't seen it well um, listen and we're not really talking about it uh on this podcast so i don't want
1: to let's anything. get back yeah we could we can dive into Deathwatch at a later point i'm sure we, we can't uh, will but let's get back to something that's not confounding at all like we're saying it's very straightforward in terms of the message, uh, uh, you know, and like it's very understandable the family uh, message and everything. Back to that, yeah, I guess we're wrapping it up essentially. But like, is there anything major we didn't hit or anything else you wanted to uh, to get into? I mean, like we didn't talk about the technical aspects too much. It's pretty impressive, I think. Like the. The staging of everything. I really liked it. Uh, um, I really,
0: yeah.
1: Editing, obviously. I like the thing with the googly eyes. Yeah, the googly eyes was a recurring bit. I would have talk like there's a the whole thing with the rocks. That was very funny. I thought um, like there's a yes. universe where yeah. that just rocks, but they could still talk to each other and you see the the screen uh, that just has like subtitles. Um, that was good.
0: Yeah, there's a there's a lot to commend this movie. Like I said, I really, really resist when movies want to make me feel good. And this is a movie that is basically doing, I mean, believe, please believe that I'm not trying to insult it when I say pretty basic philosophy in confronting the nihilism and, and, and a hopelessness that some of us, including myself, may feel every day of our uh, lives and doing a really, really, I think, effective job beating that impulse to death with whatever it has, which is... Sometimes the family narrative, sometimes just references to movies that I think make you feel good, and in, in other cases, just like what I would consider to be really astounding uh, and effective and manipulative filmmaking that that uh, again had me openly weeping at one a.m. Uh, the day before a flight to go to a bachelor party. So, you know, it was uh it was really really exciting. All of the performances are great. Um, we we didn't mention um, the the villain, the 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 Joe. Jobu Topaki. We didn't mention the act once Wants I to swallow either. all the universes. Yeah, wants to put everything in the universe on a on in a entrop- entropic bagel uh, because she has such a bad relationship with her mom and can't get it right across any universe. Stephanie Hsu, uh really, really good. I haven't seen her in anything else, I think. I think right. She looked kind of um, familiar, though, so I don't know. Re- really, really good at this. Yeah. Nice to see Short Round back. I-, I heard on some other podcasts that it's been like kind of a journey for him because, I mean it sucks what happened to him in the 80s, and, and then the
1: typecasting, and then, um, like, he just got back into the game, basically for this role. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I think he was, like, doing some behind-the-camera work in the past couple decades, yes. but, yeah, and uh, he's great, like, he did lose a step, in my opinion, and, and his, like, likability, at least, for sure, and just kind of that earnest No, quality. he was so good. But, yeah. Uh, we said Jamie Lee Curtis is great, And does some interesting stuff. You know what? I did did think of this too, kind of now. Uh, I think that's another reference, having her in it, because like there's parts where she's obviously got her career started as like the Scream Queen, running away from like Michael Myers and all these slasher films. And she kind of is like Mm -hmm. a slasher villain at one point in this, where she's just like Uh going after him. So that's another one. I'm sure they were uh, thinking of that too. Yeah. And like, even like you're saying, I I think that's a reference too, even like, the spielberg of it all like that's kind of his thing of like not uh what are you saying like getting it making it uh jamming something down your throat of like uh i mean he does it oh, he does yeah, it like yeah. fairly well usually but or a lot of the time but like it's clear it's that type of thing that he does in his films and like they're adding that as well for the whole the whole vibe so yeah there's definitely some 80s quality to this for sure um, even apart from some of the casting and whatever, so yeah, but uh, yeah, I mean, I'm definitely interested to see whatever they Daniels does next. Yeah, look out! I should go back and watch. Uh, is that their only other film? Um, that directed. Uh yeah, unless you want to watch the turn down for what music video. Uh, that that's that's also mm. theirs. So. Hey, I might have already seen it. Well, uh, we I think we'll turn turn on down here. Let's end with, is there anything, like I mentioned, This is we're already late to the game on talking about this one. It's been out for a while. We mentioned a couple other things that are out more recently that we haven't seen yet. Is there anything on the radar here that you're uh, getting excited for?
0: On the radar? I still need to see, like I said, a move.
1: Well, you know, there's so many multiverse movies coming out, like I was right. saying. I, knew, I know you are, disagreed I with me, but every other movie is a multiverse, so. What multiverse films are you?
0: looking at? I wanted to see Men and Crimes of the Future. They they haven't come to Arkansas mm-hmm. yet. Or Men did, and I uh, I just I had to travel uh, the one week that it was in theaters here. One what one else? Didn't do
1: well then, one week. Yeah, those. That's kind of what I was alluding to, and I was like, there's some we haven't seen yet that are out. But um...
0: yeah, it's it's really those two for me right now. There's some stuff coming. I watched Spiderhead. That's pretty good. I watched The Virgin Suicides. Um, <laughs> Oh shit, did you see Wait, The Virgin Suicides isn't that like from like 2000? Plus yes. 5 years yeah. ago. Okay. <laughs> I'm just looking at my list. I watched a movie on Shutter called Mad God that is a a completely wordless hour and a half long. Is it stop motion? Stop motion movie um that is Okay, my brother was telling me about. It it, it was an earth-shattering experience for me. It was um I don't know if I liked it. Um, but it, it definitely was like, a, like, like turn off every other screen, stare at this, say what the fuck is going on to your uh, screen over and over again, walk outside, smoke four cigarettes, and just pacing and saying, what the fuck? What the fuck? I <laughs> really, really recommend that movie. Uh, things don't affect me like that. Um, usually, if I don't understand something, I'll just give up trying to understand it. It's not that big a deal to me, you know? That's a lie. Uh, but I watched that movie and I think that it is so good. Um, I also watched Fire Island, which is, um, in a word, Gay Pride and Prejudice, and uh, it's real good. So, mm.
1: oh,
0: did you coin that? Uh, no, little I, ser- turn I certainly not little... <laughs> coin that. It, it is self consciously a Pride and Prejudice. I'm just getting yeah, ready to no, give no, no, you
1: no. give you some credit. Never mind then. Yeah, my brother texted me about that Mad God film, which I hadn't heard of. But I couldn't tell if he liked it from yeah, what he was saying. But he was—he was just like they—they they must have put a ton of work into this. thing. 30, 30 years had. of his life. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, hey, that could be it. Could be something we talk about next. Who knows? You'll have to tune. Stay tuned to find out. Stay subscribed to Brooklyn Rebound Network here. If you're uh, interested in uh, TV reactions gotta check out the drew's views youtube channel eric here and i just wrapped up revolutionary girl Utana. a classic anime uh, i'm going to be launching or maybe out as of now a patreon drew's views patreon with some other uh ben 10 ultimate alien and some other fun things coming on that so you want to check that out as well and uh yeah until next time vansito summer rages on Get your Cedow summer in cuz we're probably not doing a 4th one. So <laughs> That's right. No 4th one past 4th of July. Hey, it's like like the white Labor Day thing. You know, uh-huh, it's kind uh-huh. of uh it's kind of gauche to talk Cedow after 4th of July. So, yeah. Sun's out, Cedow's out, but only until the 4th, yeah. <laughs> That's right. Peace out, everyone. Take care. Nothing but a man. You can marry Productions.